This promenade inward today is dedicated to Chloe Anthony Morrison. Mother Tony departed last year on August 5th and today we remember her life because she has taught us beyond persona this personhood and we all need to come home to who we truly are join me in today's walk in the word series day 15 what we do here is notice nurture and embody soul care in a culture of scarcity noise and frenzy and so that is what you're welcomed into and anything that we are talking about will always come back to three foundational things that you notice in order to nurture, in order to embody, even more earnestly and intentionally. Choose to experience and let go of expectations for why you're here. Expectations can prevent us from seeing what's right in front of us. Our assumptions color what's really there. Sojourner, I want you to practice looking at yourself. Really look at yourself past who you've been told that you are or who you have believed yourself to be or the part you have played, the roles that you play, the masks that you wear. Let's remove them. Let's remove the prejudgment and critique one layer at a time, that normally attach themselves to those very things. I want you to pause and trace with your hand a section of your body, maybe your face, maybe your hand, your arm, your legs, maybe your thighs, maybe your belly, your chest, your shoulder, but what I want you to do is allow your hand to trace your holy temple. Welcome her. Welcome her creator and sustainer. Get a keen sense of your embodiment as you untether yourself and discover aspects of drawing in the closeness of who you are and who you are becoming because of who has created you and designed you. It is difficult at times because when we do not notice due to hurry, busyness, avoidance, the lies or dismissal, we will not be attentive to who we really are. And so that, that is where we want to begin. I've welcomed us all into this, this tranquil, although disruptive promenade along a stretch of 22 days. And I want to thank you 
that you're here at day 15. And it is with great honor that I actually walk this day out remembering Toni Morrison. Many of us call her Mother Toni, Mama Toni, because she has birthed within us all, especially black women, a dignity to show up and come home to ourselves and become a home for others who are doing the same thing. <sighs> home. I recently finished her novel, Home, about three weeks ago. I'm going to go back and reread it. But I would recommend that you, if you haven't already, checked out her biopic called um, The Pieces That I Am. I know it's streaming online through Hulu. And you can just find out how you can watch it at your own discretion. But you will not be disappointed. It just is a beautiful tapestry of her life. And there are pieces of her speaking and just disclosing more of herself than I had ever known. Like the fact that her name is Chloe. All right. I just want to intrigue you, if you're not already intrigued, to go a little deeper in remembering the life of Toni Morrison. Chloe Anthony Morrison, Mother Tony, Mama Morrison. All right, with that, let's begin to move in a way that Mother Morrison would be pleased. And that is, as a people who are intrigued by truth and held in its embrace, and so with day 15, if you have your book, you can turn to the page and begin to dig in with me. Lament seeks justice. And what I want you to know is that even though we're just dealing with chapter one of Habakkuk, and today we're gonna to look at verse four, I want you to know that lament opens you're listening and dares you to see yourself truly. And we will see that with Habakkuk and that becomes a mirror for us in our time, in our life. Habakkuk chapter one, verse four. Therefore the law is paralyzed and justice never prevails. The wicked him in the righteous so that justice is perverted. Y'all, this is Habakkuk's point of view. This is based on what he sees. But here's the thing. There's getting ready to be a response from Elohim to help him shift in such a way that he perceives. And it will occur right after. Habakkuk. 
says so that justice is perverted. You know, the thing is, is that during this time, it is believed that um, Habakkuk is, is writing this prophetic word before Jerusalem was attacked by the Babylonians in um, 597 BCE. So the prophecy is generally dated a little bit before that, about eight years before. And so there's this urgency. And what we see in God's response in verse five, he says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed. Utterly amazed? Utterly? For I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Then reflect on that and reflect on that in such a way that we can see it even in our lives, in our time. This is God's response to verse 4 and everything that preceded it. That justice never prevails. And the first response that God gives to that is, look at the nations and watch. Because I'm going to do something in your days that you would not even believe it if you were told. This is audacious. <laughs> this is revealing the nature of this God. So Habakkuk asked God the kind of questions that so many of us have pondered. Why do you force me to stare? And I mean stare at trouble directly in the face day by day. So we all know what the corrosion of injustice and its effect in our lives creates. We're all touched by it. We all bear scars at various stages of healing. And the evil, the raw, surrounds us like a heavy, wet, scratchy blanket. We are undone by our fractured world systems, other people's fractures, and even our own fractured choices. <sighs> the stuff that builds other stuff by unjust oppression, that is what we're talking about. The architecture of conquest that we see within and even without. That's why we have to take an inward walk. That's why we must come home through lament, through joy, through the pursuit of justice, through questioning, through doubt. <laughs> sit with that and hold it a little bit because we want lament to open our listening because it will dare us to see ourselves 
and then it will dare us to see even more clearly truly what is with others and the things that they construct as well. <sighs> so, there are some things that I want to say and not to overwhelm us, but I want to just dig a little bit beyond Habakkuk, or I, I should say beneath, not beyond it, but beneath Habakkuk. You know, the first two chapters of Habakkuk are inspired um, by careful biblical interpretation by the Dead Sea Scrolls community. And this was a community, if you're not familiar, won't go into much background, you can research it on your own. But this was a community that was of priestly descent, but they broke away from the temple in Jerusalem because they had believed that the priesthood was corrupt. They'd become corrupt and self-serving. Unjust oppression was happening all under the guise of righteousness, self-righteousness, greed, self-adulation, exaltation, and so with this community, there's biblical interpretation of Habakkuk. There's a commentary. And that biblical interpretation also can be referred to as pesharim, as they would call it. it it's just simply interpretation. It's them looking at the portion of scripture and there's a good portion of content found in the Dead Sea Scrolls of Habakkuk. And so when we look at it, we look at this community, a first century community, looking back at the writings from 605 BCE, and they apply for themselves whatever Habakkuk had proclaimed in his day. And it was actually something that they saw having great meaning for their community in their day. And so we can learn a lot from the Dead Sea Scrolls community by doing just that. As we listen to Habakkuk and we're now in the year 2020. Hmm. You can continue on in week 15. I'm not going to go into much more depth in that particular week in the book, but I do want to say something else in regards to what we see happening here when we look at trust, when we look at daring to trust in times that reveal that a lot of things are untrustworthy. And so before I do that, I want to kind of slow down my pace. If you're walking and you felt your heart rate up, I want you to notice it. 
and just begin to decelerate and just begin to regulate your breathing and that slow down. whether you are on an outward walk or all on an inward walk. Remember, it is the promenade inwards first. No matter what kind of activity your walk looks like, we're all resting. And that simply means we're getting ready to redirect our activity. We're going to receive anew. By the time we get to chapter 2 of Habakkuk, verse 4, and I'm jumping because I want to bring in this, this picture of trust, we see a shift in Habakkuk's point of view. And here's what verse 4 says. I've put several different versions of the Bible in the book. I'm going to go with the TLV. Behold, the puffed up one. His soul is not right within him, but the righteous live by his trust. As you compare the various Bible versions for 
chapter 2, verse 4 that I just read, you probably noticed that the translators use the word faith, faithfulness, and trust interchangeably. We have this Hebrew word immuna that means to have faith. It is also the word for truth. And it comes from a verb that we get our word amen or amen or amen from. The verb is aman, to be firm, to support, to nurture, to establish. I want you to choose a picture that can be symbolic of a man. For me, I'm choosing the picture of a chair, a sturdy, dependable chair that I can sit and lean all my weight into. And it holds me up. It is faithful, it is firm. It supports me, it nurtures and it establishes me it establishes me in a very dependable, reliable way. Aman. What is your picture? And of course, you can borrow my chair picture, but what is the image that comes to your mind when you think of Aman, truth, faith, faithfulness? Hold it and let it resource you. Immuna has a broader meaning that has implications for what God calls us to as a people of faith. But I want you to notice how it also contains the idea of steadfastness or persistence. So for that, I want us to just bookmark in your mind, it's also in the book, Exodus 17. And it reveals that Moses raised his hands all day long until the Israelites won a key battle. And his hands were said to have been steady. They remained steady. Our Hebrew word, immuna, until sunset. And so in this sense, the word means steadfast. So I want you to really Begin to rediscover faith, rediscover trust in light of this word immuna. And so when it comes to trust, when it comes to faith or faithfulness, what God asks for goes beyond an academic decision, beloved. It's not just about this whole mental acquisition to believe that a particular set of facts are right or some dogma is devoted to. He wants faith in his promises to result in your steadfast faithfulness to him because he is reliable, faithful, trustworthy, immune. You know, one of the things I continue to go into in week 15 is to really draw upon a particular blessing and affirmation called the prayer upon arising. And I want you to go a little further into that on your own. 
And I want you to notice where you are held in that healing and in that rest. And I want you to notice it in such a way that you begin to maybe fold it into a regular meditation of how you can engage and counter, encounter the day by realizing that it is God, Elohim, who reinstates your being, your breath each morning as you dare to come home to just and joyful places within so that when you walk out into the world, you are receptive from that inward reckoning as you awaken each day, as you recognize the audacity to trust when you also are holding shattered pieces that are being brought together again and again. All right. Engage justice upon awakening in ways that dare you, double dog dare you, to trust in light of, because of, all of the other untrustworthy things and people and places. First, beginning with that promenade inward. All right, Sojourner, be renewed by God's blessing you with an awareness to lament and the intimacy that it births within us. We'll end with our blessing, palms up as a symbol of surrender. Adonai bless you and keep you. Say your name. Adonai make his face to shine, smile on you. Say your name. And be gracious to you. Say your name. Adonai turn his face toward you. Proclaim your name and grant you. Andrea, now you say your name. Shalom. I just want to say one more thing, and that is, I always list clickable links throughout this series for you to have Bible study tools, the resources you can use for your ongoing excavation in the scriptures. All right, carry on, Sojourner. Share the mom's podcast with your friends. Jesus is always with your heart and he loves you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you.